Hello everyone and welcome to this very special episode of Friends Till the End, your one-stop shop for all things Friends, where we critique and review episodes of Friends chronologically in order, one episode at a time until we get to the bloody well end. Although today it's not one episode at a time, Elizabeth. We are going back to back on our episodes here. We're doing two episodes for the price of one. I'm Michael. I am joined, of course, with my friend companion, buddy, chum, pal, running out of words for it, Elizabeth. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing just swell. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, we're doing two episodes for the price of one today, as mentioned. Uh, the episode that we would have covered normally, season one, episode 16, is the one with two parts, uh, which predictably is in two parts over episode 16 and 17 in the season so we're gonna do both episodes for this one so we've just watched two episodes back to back elizabeth Whew. you feeling the fatigue yet i actually really really liked both of these episodes did you really yeah awesome well we're gonna get to both those episodes we're gonna go through them all in just a moment but first of all i have a question i would like to ask you Ooh. so the, the the two episodes that we've just seen have a couple of guest cameos in it my question to you is we've still got just over nine years of the show left. Who do you want to see guest cameo in Friends between now and the end of the season? And you can either answer this going back to maybe the 1990s or maybe a, a star of today who you perhaps like to see pop up in Friends. I'm not going to tell you if they do actually make an appearance, but who who would you like to see appear in an episode of Friends and maybe, maybe talk about what you would like to see them do? Wow. Um, all right. Well... Two random names came to my mind. Mm-hmm. One is Casey Kasem. <laughs> Do you know who Casey Kasem is, Michael? Isn't he the guy that does um, the voice of Scooby-Doo? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't even know. I was thinking him as the radio like. Oh, DJ. I don't know. Oh, Casey He He passed away a couple years ago. Okay. But he's so, a very distinct voice. Why Why I, would you I want to see him in this? I had a couple Michael. I don't know, but that was just the first name that came from my mind. That's what not the could person he possibly do? That's not the person I'm choosing. <laughs> Funnily enough, he guest stars in an episode of Sister Sister, which, as we will discuss later, the episode that we just oh, watched shoot. contains a, a recurring character in Sister Sister. But anyway. Wow. So I think the person I would like to see is Susan Sarandon. Oh, wow. Okay. Why? Uh, oh, I think she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. I think she's funny as hell. And... I think that she would be a great addition. She certainly puts in a terrific guest appearance in 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We love 30 Rock on this podcast. Cards on the table. I well, I don't know. I can't even remember if Susan Sarandon does put in a guest appearance in Friends or not. She might well do, but oh, I can't really? think off the top of my head. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, but oh. in regards to what I would want her to do, I, I'm not... I'm not sure. I, mm-hmm. I want her to meddle in their lives in some way. Kind of like have it be a he said, she said type thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I see her as a... kind of a meddling boss for Monica Ooh. at the restaurant. I think she could like, she could be like, outdo Monica on like the attention to detail standards. Ooh, and maybe that's be a like, great one. Oh my God. We need to get this done. Season 11 <laughs> of Friends. Get it written down. Susan Sarandon. 
snooty, anally retentive boss of Monica in the restaurant. I like her. All right. So the episodes we did just watch, we watched episodes 16 and 17, which we'll be talking about back to back. They both aired on the 23rd of February, 1995, getting to the end of February. The, mm-hmm. the, the time is just flying by. But the question to you, Elizabeth, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode... Do you think this episode drew a higher or lower rating than our last episode, the one with the stone guy, which drew in an impressive 24.8 million viewers? I think higher. You think higher? Uh-huh. Both episodes, I think they're, the Nielsen ratings um, counted them as just one episode because it's the same number for both, although it's unlikely that they didn't add or lose viewers from one to the other. But... Uh, 26.1 million, so yes. yeah, you're doing all right. You're doing I okay. Great. What a What a great way to kick off the episode. <laughs> so we open in a restaurant, not Central Perk. Joey and Chandler on a little mandate, mm-hmm. having fun in a restaurant, complaining about rubbish service. Uh, and they're like, where is that waitress? This is ridiculous. And then they notice that... There's a familiar face behind the the waitress in the restaurant. It was crazy. It's so crazy, right? Yeah, because it was... It's Lisa Kudrow. It's Lisa They see Lisa Kudrow. And they assume, oh my god, it's Phoebe. What the heck is she doing here? Yeah. So they call her over and they're like, what are you doing here? She's like, you called me over here. I walked over from where I was. What are Mm -hmm. you talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. And turns out that this is Lisa Kudrow slash Phoebe's twin... Identical twin sister, yep. Ursula. Yep. But the boys didn't know it, of course, at first because they look so identical. We have had reference to Phoebe's twin sister. I think maybe back in like episode two or very early on, she makes a very passing reference to the yes. fact that she has a twin sister. Yeah, but it's the first appearance of her mm-hmm. since that reference, yeah. Well, do you not think that the guys at that point should have should have been like, well, Phoebe doesn't work here. We know Phoebe doesn't work here. So this must be this famous twin sister that we've heard so much about. Maybe they thought she was just doing some, like, temp thing or, like, yeah. helping out. Because, you know, she's cool like that. Mm-hmm. But then she's, like, she acts confused. And they're like, no, Phoebe, it's us. And she's like, hmm. And they still don't twig. Right. Like, like cards on the table. Something very similar happened to me a couple of years ago. Uh, I was meeting friends in a bar. I was meeting my friend, and he was, he, was, um, he was dating a girl. And I walked into the bar, and I went up to the bar. And this person who I thought was dating my friend at the time was also standing at the bar so I walked up and said oh hey hey how's it going just started like tried to spark up a conversation and and like after like two sentences she just kind of went sorry do I know you and I was like oh I I guess not (laughs) and then what what it turned out to be is the twin sister of of the person that my my friend was dating wow that's that's yeah it's exactly what happened but the key difference is, is I didn't know that she had a twin yeah. Because I, w- I went in and I was a little bit like, yeah, you look kind of familiar. And like, I thought something was a wee bit off, but obviously mm-hmm. you don't assume that That's, someone has, has a twin. has an identical twin, yeah. And the funny thing is, just to draw this all around, is my friend was sitting at a table elsewhere in the bar with his girlfriend, and they watched the whole thing, and <laughs> he told me later <laughs> that he had turned to his girlfriend and said, I think, I think Michael's just introduced himself. I think Michael's just mistaken your sister for you. <laughs> so they watched the whole thing, and it was very hilarious. Oh, and yeah, uh, so I, I'm not, I'm not having it. If they knew that she had a twin sister, they shouldn't be falling for that shit. But I mean, look who the crowd is. <laughs> and it's not like Ross and Monica sitting there. Yep. Ah, uh, fair enough. So that that opened the episode. We go into the opening credits. We had a little bit of an argument during the opening credits because you 
adamantly. To, you seem to get it into your head that the opening credits were different this time around. They were different. Not all of it, but just the individual part when it says their name and gives them, you know, I maintain clips. they weren't all different. Maybe not every single every single minute of it, right. but there was... They were least, using new clips yes. from, like, the episode interspersed with them dancing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. Their individual parts there, I'm different. not denying that there were new clips. I'm saying that they weren't all new clips. Like, I think Courtney Cox's ones were all pretty much the same as what they had been. I disagree. Okay, well, sadly, there's no way of knowing. We have no way of going back and checking, so... Nope, nothing. We're just going to have to dispute this forever. Um, we open in Central Perk. Ross is having issues with his monkey, Marcel. He Marcel. is, like, peeing on the newspaper, peeing on the crossword before he gets a chance to do it. Uh, so he's he's finding that all very frustrating. Deleting his messages before he can listen to Deleting them. Deleting to his messages. Yes, it's all very, all very agitating for Ross. And as you can imagine, it is not... This is the worst thing that's happened to him ever since his pregnant wife left him for a, a female. So... Poor Ross. Poor guy, Ross. Guy can't catch a break. I guess not. Joey comes away from this trip to the restaurant quite taken by Phoebe's sister. So, yes, it is Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula. And Joey comes away quite taken by her. You know, he's, he's like, Phoebe's Phoebe, but Ursula, she's she's hot. Do and you... I think the joke is that they're literally identical. Yeah, it, Lisa Kudrow does not have a twin sister. It is all done with Lisa Kudrow playing the, the same parts. Yes. Like uh, Lindsay Lohan in Parent Trap. Exactly so. Just like that. Yes, very good indeed. Or like the, the girls from Sister Sister. That was actually just one person. No. I think so. Me. Tia and Tamara Maori. Yes, that were the character's name. No, the, those were their real names too, not their last uh, name. But it was just one person. No, it's not. I think so. No, one has a, a birthmark. Like a I mole. know, I'm only joking. Ah. So anyway, it's revealed that um, Phoebe and Ursula don't get along. Mm-hmm. Phoebe has issues with Ursula. They don't really speak. Phoebe initially seems to be jealous of Ursula. It's like, oh, yeah, she started walking. She was the first to start walking, even though I did it later that day. That was quite funny. But by then it was old news. A lot of competition. A lot of competition, it would seem. Seems, to begin with anyway, kind of petty stuff. And it almost seems like Phoebe is being the petty one. But yeah. as we might find out later, perhaps perhaps she's justified. But anyway, yeah, it kind of sets up in the opening the opening gambit of the episode that Joey's got a wee bit of a thing for Ursula. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, there's a hottie at Chandler's work that he would like to dip his pen in the company ink for, as Ross said, would say. Nina. Nina. Yeah. I remember asking you a would you while we watched that. Would I, Nina? Uh, I think so. Well, yeah. you said no originally. Did, Did I? Come around to I don't her? know. Yeah, she, I mean, she's nice. Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> She's nice. Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> Chandler is a bit of a thing for Nina. Um, and I guess they kind of debate whether or not it's appropriate that he should be dating someone from work. I think he is technically her supervisor. And then also something that's kind of brought up very briefly in this episode but isn't really explored fully until the, the second part of the episode is kind of Monica and Rachel bickering in the apartment, talking about Christmas lights on the balcony and, and stuff like that. So they're... There's trouble in paradise between those two, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross goes to a Lamaze class with Carol 2.0 and Susan. Yep. And awkwardness ensues as he tries to explain the, the, little, the little triangle that they have and what everyone's doing there. And there's laughs aplenty. 
as he tries to explain Susan's part in the relationship. It's so strange. I don't get why he hasn't just gotten uh, the same sentence down if he has to say it so much <laughs> to like his dates and to his friends and why hasn't he just figured out the same thing to say I am the father of this baby and this is Susan and she's my ex-wife's partner I don't know mm-hmm. like it did, like just find something simple to say say that every time well people I don't think people would be like oh my gosh what in a Lamaze class they're just trying to like there to learn and stuff. I mean yeah we just, got- he's so weird and awkward I mean, we got a tweet from uh, one of our listeners uh, suggesting for the drinking game every time Ross is is mildly homophobic, mm-hmm. which I think is a wee bit unfair. To be fair, I mean, we talk about the writing and like the the tackling of the fact that there's lesbian characters in this as not being fantastic, but I don't think Ross is homophobic. I would say he's like ignorant. uncomfortable. He he's a little bit ignorant, but I think he's just generally kind of uncomfortable. He can't quite get his head around everything. He's maybe even slightly in denial about the whole thing. I can see how it would be seen as him being homophobic. Though. But like, if 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 you, yeah, I I, I see the point. I just I, I don't. At the same think... time, that all the jokes, the butt of the jokes are that she is a lesbian. Well, not here. I don't think in this Lamaze class it's necessarily that. Like, if you, if it, if Carol two point was with another man and the man was sitting there, Ross, I feel like would still struggle in the same kind of way to introduce, like, explain the presence of that person. They'd be like, oh, and now we have, um, you know, Roger, and Roger is, uh, she's Carol's uh, friend. Uh, he would I still, I think he would still struggle over it in the same way. So anyway, that's that. It's, it's tr- you know, it's classic Ross at this stage. He's just stumbling and bumbling his way through it. He doesn't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort of typical. Uh, so that kind of sets up his arc for, for the next two episodes. Uh, Chandler is put in a little bit of an awkward position at work where basically um, he's he's approached by his boss played by Terrence from Sister Sister <laughs> is, that his, is that his actual name Terrence or well, that... the character name yeah Terrence, oh, Terrence. yeah he okay. dated Lisa I think and of course that. Terrence can only uh, it's in his contract he can only appear in shows that have some sort of twin arrangement going on in the in the episode so <laughs> so he, he turns up he tells Chandler that he has to fire Nina Chandler kind of bottles out of it because he has a bit of a crush on her instead of firing her he ends up asking her out mm-hmm. and that kind of sets things up and we had to drink a couple times because we had a black hair yeah we speaking. had to knock back a shot finally we had some diversity we haven't in the seen friends it. universe yep we've we've had to wait 14 long episodes Good but God. since the last That's time awful <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. So that kind of sets up uh, Chandler as well. He's in this awkward position. He's now dating a girl that he's supposed to have fired. Are they dating or are they just kind of... They're having an office fling then, shall we say. With the potential of dating. Joey wants to ask out Ursula. He wants to take her on a date. It's suggested to him that he should ask Phoebe for permission. She reluctantly agrees. So then they begin with that. And then I think we get a part in the episode where we get our second case of uh, twin mistaken identity, first being the opening scene, but then in a piece of NBC cross-promotion synergy that Jack Donaghy himself would have been proud of, we get two characters from Mad About You making a guest appearance in this. It's Helen Hunt and somebody else from that show. 
I, I'm sorry to say I only recognized Helen Hunt. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've never seen Mad About You. Me neither. I, I, I know nothing about it. I know it has oh, okay. um, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, and they play a couple in New York. But I guess, you know, as we saw in the Blackout episode, they're trying to link that that these two shows are occurring in the same universe. Yes. You know, something mm-hmm. something that happened in Mad About You caused the blackout that we saw in Friends. Oh, that's cool. So this is them now popping up in the, the cafe. Mm-hmm. They see, in Central Park, they, they see Phoebe. They assume it's Ursula, and they kind of talk to her like she's Ursula, and she's sort of like, yeah, okay, no. And, you know, it's just a little bit of synergy. It's very important. No, oh, it's cool. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, it was, a, once again, carrying on from the last episode, when I watched it as an 11-year-old, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. I was just like, who are these people? Why are they getting cheered? Um, why are they talking to Ursula? Like, it just confused me. I had no idea what was going on. But uh, thank goodness I... I I'm a smart, sophisticated television viewer now. I understand all these things. <laughs> so anyway, Monica and Rachel, they're having issues with Mr. Heckles. He makes a second appearance. He finally gets a name. I think he appeared in the Blackout episode before. He tried to steal the cat. He's complaining about the noise. Ross goes to a second Lamaze class. Uh, Carol 2.0 can't make it for some reason or another, so he and Susan have to kind of sit through it awkwardly together. There's a part where, you know, one of them has to mimic giving birth and the other one has to mimic the you know holding the head and coaching them through it and of course ross was the woman feigning the actual yeah so ross i don't think it's it's wrong for ross to assume that he would be the one that was going to do the coaching role but as susan quite point quite rightly points out why why should it be me that has to do it she wouldn't be doing that role when it came to the birth so they should flip first so she makes her point She's still a dick about it. Like, she could be nicer about it. Oh, you don't like her, do you? She's, like... She has to defend herself way more. She has a lot more crap to deal with. Nah. Yeah. Why? Who? I don't think she's that mean. I don't think she's as mean as you think she is. She's pretty mean. I think she's pretty mean. Ross isn't the nicest to her. Yeah, but Ross has a reason for not being nice to her. She stole his wife. But his wife was a lesbian. She can't help who she loves sure but I I still think it's not unreasonable to expect Ross to be like bitter and not particularly pleasant to this person no but after I mean the baby's probably almost maybe it's like six or seven months along at this point mm-hmm. so you'd think after that time he would slowly get get over it a bit and understand it a little more and maybe be a little nicer and say well this woman's gonna be in my son's life and I'm going to have to be in this woman's life, so mm-hmm. I'm going to make peace. I mean, you think that'd be the bigger person thing to she do. She doesn't make it easy for him, though. Well, because she, she never goes extends in with the his guns blazing, and she has I don't know. I think we talked about it back in, like, the second episode, the one with the ultrasound. She was kind of a dick from the beginning. Maybe. Like, she I, was... I see both their sides. Yeah, I kind of do as well. And, like, the point that she makes is valid. Like, I wrote in my notes, she is right that, like, they should toss to see who, who does that role. But she's still a dick about it. (laughs) Alright. Like, there's no need, basically, is my point. Speaking of being a dick, Joey's a bit of a dick uh, to Phoebe. He, like, buys Ursula a birthday birthday present and gets Phoebe to, like... He asks Phoebe to try it on to make sure the size is right. And, like, clearly Phoebe is struggling with this. Especially because Phoebe thought it was a gift for her for her birthday. And and Joey's just sort of like, Oh, well, you said it was okay. And then... She was like, well, no, it's not okay. And so basically they, they argue. Chandler um, kind of gets caught out at work. He's like smooching with Nina 
when Terrence comes back in. The boss is obviously surprised that Nina's still there because he thinks that Chandler has fired her at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Chandler basically makes up a lie that she is mentally unstable and she doesn't remember being fired. So he's kind of playing along to to kind of keep her to keep her um, from freaking out. Yeah. So the boss is kind of like, okay, well, fair enough. Uh, that kind of blows up in his face later on. He basically ends up telling more lies within lies. He's sort of like talking about how people, because she notices people are now treating her differently. And he's like, well, that's because you're getting a promotion. And then like it all kind of blows up in her face. Later on, she she pitches up. Uh, they have like a big argument. She is wearing a very inappropriate outfit for work. It, it's The top is fine. It's like a blazer, but it's a very short skirt. Like, it's not. I'm not even trying to be. Oh, what would she do? It's so short. Even you said more than half her thigh is exposed. At yeah. A, at an at a workplace. In an office. Yeah. It's a bit much. And and it didn't seem like she was dressing that way before her and Chandler mm. got together. So I wonder if she's just trying to be like hot for him. <laughs> I think you're reading too much into it. I don't know, but I mean, God, it was short. So anyway, that that all kind of collapses on Chandler. He, he basically reveals that she found out, and he had to come clean, and he ends up getting his hand stapled for his troubles. <laughs> and that kind of wraps up Chandler's uh, story arc for the two episodes. In the third Lamaze class, Carol freaks out at seeing a video of the birth. She's like, this can't happen, I can't do this. She's not ready to give birth because it is mm-hmm. really intense. She makes like the, she draws a comparison to being like shoving a, a pot roast through your nostril. That's a really good comparison. <laughs> I mean, if you think about how much women dilate to give birth vaginally, it's only 10 centimeters. So think about how much that is. Does it do a lot of damage to the vulva? <laughs> do you know what the vulva I is? No. You still is. don't know. And you sadly, still... there's no way of knowing. Oh my God. You still don't know. We're going to have to. I'm going to give you a lesson after this okay. with pictures. Good. Uh, so she freaks out. Susan tries to, like, cam her. And in doing... Just to what her? Calmer. What her? Calmer down. Calm. Calmer dune. Coomer dune. Mm-hmm. dune. So in doing so, she kind of talks about, oh, the birth is just the one day. You're, you know, it's the first step on this amazing journey, which kind of puts, puts it in perspective for Ross, who then starts to freak out. He's like, oh, God, I'm so obsessed with the birth that I hadn't thought about what comes after. So basically, he starts freaking out. Yeah, because I think Susan makes the point, like, yeah, so this is one day, mm-hmm. but we're gonna have we're gonna be parents for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ross ever thought about it in that no. way. So it's like, oh my god! And he says something like, I, <coughs> I can't even keep my monkey from eating the bath mat. How am I gonna be such a good parent? It's a fair point. He's gonna be a terrible parent. Really? Nah, he's good. He'll be. All right. I guess you'll know. I don't know how he would be mm-hmm. as a parent, but I think he would be good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that kind of puts things in perspective for him. He starts freaking out. Phoebe reveals uh, extra layers to why she dislikes Ursula. There's there's talk of how she, like, stole a boyfriend from, from her when she was younger. And it was, like, her best friend. And then, like, after after Ursula broke up with him, she, she, he didn't want to hang out with either of them because it was too painful. So she's worried that that's going to happen to Joey. And they're like, well, you should go tell Joey. You know, he'll he'll listen to you. It's fine. They haven't even slept together yet. It's not a big deal. So Phoebe goes over to the house and she knocks on the door. And who should answer the door but Ursula wearing Joey's oversized shirt. Because everybody wears fucking oversized shirts in this universe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then roll in credits for the first part of the episode. Yes. 
I was ready for more after that. I wanted to see what was going to happen. And luckily, you didn't have to wait too long. I, I didn't. Thank God for Netflix, huh? Yep. We did get a... Well, it, you wouldn't have had to have waited back in 1995 either, because it was shown on the same day. Like, back-to-back? Or yeah, there back was time in between? Well, it would have been a commercial break. Oh, well, that I mean more like hours in between. No. No, okay. No, no. It would have been like 9 and 9.30. Now, why would they do that instead of splitting it between weeks? Because it was the, I don't know, it was just a special. It was the one with two parts. Okay. Yeah. So we do get a minor kind of cliffhanger at the end of the episode. Uh, Rachel goes out onto her balcony to take down the Christmas lights, which Monica's been bugging her about all episode. Uh, She trips and falls, avoids a a nasty tumble following that pillow, ending up in in that (laughs) pillow guy's uh, front stoop. I don't know how that happened, but you see her upside down, being held up just by the Christmas lights mm-hmm. that she was taking down and hanging in front of Mr. Heckle's window. Yeah. And here she's banging on the window like, oh, God, thank you. Someone's going to be here. Help. Mr. Heckles, he- save me. Help. And he's just like, see, this is the shit I was talking about. Yeah. This is the loud crap I was saying. Yeah, funny little button to end the episode with Rachel dangling for her life. Yep. And that, that ends the episode. That leads us into the second part, which we're going to jump into right now. We open in a hospital with uh, Rachel and Monica. They go to get Rachel treated yep. for They're her in the injury. ER. They're in the ER. Uh, Rachel has no insurance. I don't think she even knew what it was. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> no, but not due to Paying. lack of being from another country. But more so that she never had to worry about money. Yeah. Because of her dad. Yeah. She's been living off daddy's dime. So, you know, they go up and they're talking to the woman saying, you know, my friend needs help. Her ankle it might be broken. And the woman's saying, okay, fill out this paperwork. So they go over and Monica's asking Rachel all the questions. Okay, name, address, let me fill this all out. And she goes, insurance. And Rachel's like, right, I got to get that. I, I need that. So, yep, check it off. Yes, for sure. And Monica's like, wait a minute, you don't have insurance? How the heck are you going to pay for any of this? Mm-hmm. And so it didn't even cross Rachel's mind that she would need to pay for it. I mean, we're in America, Rachel. Get, 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 what's the word? Get the... Get with the program? Get with the program. So they decide to kind yeah. of turn the tables and Rachel's saying, well, why don't we kind of switch? If you have insurance, why can't I be you? Let's switch identities so that way I can get the insurance because I can't afford to pay for everything that I'm going to need um, to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that she brings it back and the woman gives her new forms and they essentially switch identities in order so Rachel doesn't have to pay for her treatment. Insurance will cover it, but it's Monica's insurance that's covering it. Indeed. I believe they call it insurance fraud. <laughs> that is what they're committing, right? I guess. Of course they are. Yeah. That's, that's pretty serious, isn't it? But she's not? consenting to it. It's not like she's stolen some random person's insurance. Yeah, so they're both guilty. That just means they both go to jail. I suppose so. But gosh, for a good cause, the poor thing can't afford to get her, her leg cast up if she needs it just because America sucks. Well. <laughs> just kidding. USA all the way. <laughs> well, look, Obamacare is a total shambles. If you think that that's going to Dude, Obamacare is irrelevant at this point. <laughs> I know, but like, it's insurance fraud, it's pretty serious, they could go to jail for quite a long time. Yeah, but that's why no one's going to find out, right? Well, don't they check your ID? 
Apparently not. Apparently not. Not back in the 90s. It was an innocent time, the 1990s. So anyway, that's that sets them up quite nicely on their journey for this episode. Ross is still freaking out about the baby. He kind of confides in Joey and Chandler. He talks about a dream that he had that reveals his anxieties. He's talking about he's on a football field and he's playing football with his baby, but his baby is the football and he's about to get tackled. So he throws it. And then all of a sudden he's down the end of the field and he's meant to be catching the baby. Um, do you have any uh, insights into this dream? Have you got anything that you can reveal from this dream, Elizabeth? Well, to psychoanalyze it, I would say that clearly it's a stress dream. I mean, it's, it's what's current on his mind. It makes sense that he would have a dream about his not being ready to be a father. Mm-hmm. The thing that was interesting to me is that he woke up before he caught the baby. Oh, what what does that reveal? Well, there's no, no like black and white for that, but I feel like if he had caught the baby and then woken up, it it would have been a little bit of symbolism, like you're going to be there for him, like you got this, don't worry about it. But he he woke himself up before he caught it, which just means that he's so. To me, it just sounds like he's so overwhelmed and worried that he just doesn't have any experience or or anything to be able to be a good dad, even though. I feel like most first-time parents have no idea what they're doing, and it just, they learn as they're going, but it doesn't mean they love them any less or would do anything, everything for them, you mm-hmm. know? So I think it's just, he has no idea what to expect, maybe due to lack of ever taking care of a child or whatever, but that just, I was just, I noticed it, that mm-hmm. he didn't catch the baby before <laughs> he woke up. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right? If only you could get him on the couch. Oh. Uh, the saga of Joey and Phoebe continues. It does. Uh, it's it's Phoebe and Ursula's birthday coming up. They How are, old are they going to be? doesn't say. They don't I'm just say. wondering. What are they, like 40, 50, <laughs> 55, 60? No, they're like... 35. No. 32? I would say... Because they, they make a, a point in future episodes of like going over people's 30th birthdays. And that's a good... Five six years from now, so like I think in, in the concept of the in the in the context of the show, it's probably a twenty fifth, maybe twenty sixth birthday. Crazy! What yeah. are they doing over there at Friends? Well, I I don't know. Person? How how old do you think Lisa Kudrow is now? Now? Yeah. Fifty? I have no idea. It's funny, you type in Lisa Kudrow into Google and the first thing that comes up is Lisa Kudrow age. <laughs> so she's 53 now. Ha, huh, okay. So she was born in 1963, which means she is... So she was like 30... She's 32 already. Boom shakalaka. Wow. Okay. Called it. Well, I don't think it looks too out of place. No, I'd say if she was turning 30, that'd be fine. But if she's yeah. like supposed to be 25, 26, that's a, that's a reach in a bit. Especially when you see the sitcoms that are out now, people are... A little more age appropriate, I think. Mm. Well, gosh, this is embarrassing. Hi, everyone. This is Michael again, taking a little side swipe on taking a little detour out of this episode because uh, for the second episode in a row, sadly, our audio software that we use to make the podcast failed us um, and basically 
chewed up five minutes of our of our conversation throughout this episode. Uh, we do apologize again for this happening for the second episode in a row. We have recorded one more episode with this software, which fingers crossed it all recorded quite nicely, but going forward we are using a completely different software, so there won't be these problems going forward, but we can only apologize for that. Luckily it was only a couple of minutes that we list, so rather than having to throw the whole thing out and, and start all over again, I'm just gonna take a I'm just going to take a minute here to kind of explain to you the, the what we what we missed in those couple of minutes. So we did wrap up our conversation about Phoebe and her and Lisa Kudrow as an actress, you know, talking about how she had a, a role in Friends, but also she had a little part in Mad About You as well. And of course, how she was uh, originally cast as the role of Roz in Frasier. So she was... Uh, very, very successful at about that time. We then moved on to talk about Joey, who was kind of stuck in a conundrum. He was going to miss Phoebe's surprise birthday party because he wants to take Ursula out on a date. We talked about how this is kind of a classic sitcom trope where there's a problem that is kind of set up that in the real world you could probably get around. You know, we kind of talked about the fact that he could probably have enough time to take Ursula out for dinner and still make Phoebe's surprise birthday party but you know he's creating these problems he's picking his sides and he's having to face the consequences because of it uh, we talk about Phoebe's surprise birthday party uh, Ross comes in they waste a good surprise on him startles him and he drops a birthday cake it's all very very funny we're also very surprised to see that Gunther got an invite to the the surprise party as well so lots of hilarity ensued on that one as well but of course it was undercut by the fact that phoebe was very disappointed that joey didn't make an appearance and that led to elizabeth and i having a conversation about whether you know phoebe would be that bothered and talking about whether phoebe and joey are actually that good of friends in the long run so yeah that kind of went a bit back and forth it got a little bit heated until i spilled my beer on the floor and then i had to uh clean that up so we took a little break from recording anyway uh while elizabeth took time to yell at me for making a mess so we probably would have cut that part out anyway but you know just in the interest of full disclosure and then we also talk about Ross, who, you know, still nervous about potentially having a baby, goes out for dinner with his own father, played by the excellent Elliot Gould, who we said that we liked very, very much when we last saw him. And he's very good in this episode as well. They have a nice little heart to heart. Ross kind of relays his, his fears for becoming a father and asks his own dad how he knew he was ready. And he tells a very sweet story about when Ross was born and as a baby, he kind of reached out and grabbed his finger with his, his tiny little hand. And he said that was the moment that he knew that he would be ready to be a father. And it was a very, very sweet moment. Elliot Gould, yet again, proving to be a fantastic recurring character who we like very much and having a real sweet moment here in the sitcom as well. So yes, those were all the moments that kind of they kind of got caught out with our uh, audio disaster that we have been having the last couple of episodes. We do rejoin the conversation now with Monica and Rachel. They are in the hospital. Rachel is about to get treated. And who should be treating them but a couple of hunky Hollywood doctors in the form of George Clooney and Noah Wilde. So anyway, that's enough for me. Take it away, past Elizabeth and Michael. turns out to be a sprained ankle but she gets a visit from two doctors our second um nbc crossover of the evening it's the the doctors the hunky doctors from er george clooney and noah Weil. oh the other one was someone too yeah they're both from they're both from er okay. they're both doctors from er i only recognize george clooney clearly well obviously george clooney before he was batman before he was a a, a really big star uh, he was in er and so yeah another crossover just back-to-back crossovers in these two episodes. Mm. We had Mad About You, now we have ER. Um, obviously, it kind of leads to a mix-up in identities because Rachel has to pretend to be Monica. 
and Monica then, by extension, has to pretend to be Rachel. It seems to be hard for them sometimes. It does, yes. They seem to find it very complicated. But um, I guess my question to you is, would you, George Clooney and Noah Weil? Dude, that Noah guy, I love the name, that Noah guy, though, was forgettable for me. I didn't even look at him long enough because I was looking at George Clooney. But he's a doctor, honey. So? Alright, fine. I'm not really attracted to, like, uniforms or status. It's more about personality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, George Clooney, not there. Not there? I prefer him older. Yes, I, that mm-hmm. was a kind of a point I, I made as well. The I think. salt and pepper look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, his hair's a little big. He's almost got, like, joy hair in this, where it's, like, a little bit big and a little bit floppy. Yeah, no, so, um, they're, you know, they're both attractive, but not... Neither? Wow. George Clooney older. All right. And that one, I didn't even notice the other guy, so clearly he didn't do it All for right, me. fair enough. So, anyway, they, they seem to hit it off, and they, they agree to go on a double date. Uh, and the girls have them round to the apartment, but of course there are complications because they're pretending to be one another. They make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. Because they it's like they forget too what the heck they're doing. They they forget, but like not only do they pretend like to be called the other person, they then like assume the other person's identity, which they don't need to do at all because no. they don't know that about it. Like Rachel could pretend to be Monica, but she could still be a waitress in Central Park, and, like, she could still have left her husband at the altar, but that's what Monica assumes for... Like, they don't just take on each other's names, they take each, take on each other's, like, jobs and backstories and right. stuff, and it's like, you're just adding layers of complication to it that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. But um, they come round for a double date anyway. Do they ever establish... Who's dating who? Or, like, who's interested in who? Well, originally I thought it was Rachel was interested in the Noah guy. Really? But then when they were in the apartment, Monica was sitting next to the Noah guy. So I didn't know. Basically, Monica and Rachel can't keep the shred going for more than two seconds. And they basically debate whether or not they should come clean to the doctors and tell them what happened. Well, yeah, Rachel wanted to. She's like, I think we should just forget about this. Let's just tell them. Do you think the doctors would care? Nah, this all got paid. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. like... If... I don't th- unless they were very uptight and were like, oh, well, we need to report this. Yeah. And they don't know that yet, how, yeah. how they are. So I, I wouldn't have done it yet if that was me. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think they would have cared because they got paid either way. Right. It doesn't... It's no skin off their nose. No. Nope. And it's like... It's a sprained ankle. What is that? A couple hundred bucks anyway. Well, with x-rays, potential cast, the actual visit to the ER... Mm-hmm. At least. Well, later on, Rachel just writes a check for it because they decide that they can't keep up with the... Charade. With the, yeah, with the lies. But anyway, it kind of turns into... um, The girls basically start sabotaging themselves. Uh, They start taking the opportunity with the fact that the other person is pretending to be them to basically talk shit about them. But, like, putting it on them. Like, we saw it a little bit a few episodes ago where, like... It was basically them throwing each other under the bus for things that they did. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes up later. Like, it's it's something they do pretty much every season. There's just an episode where, like, they basically all make fun of each other. But, yeah, Monica starts talking about how she's a spoiled brat. And Rachel starts talking about how she's bossy because she works in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, convolution occurs and Monica ends up on the phone with Rachel's dad. And she ends up telling Rachel's dad how Rachel had sex with her freshman boyfriend on his bed which you pointed out freshman in high school that's that's kind of young 14 15 14 15 yeah kind of young 
So basically, they torpedo each other um, and ruin the date for everyone, and it's very awkward. Yeah. And that kind of ends that, you know? The, the date goes badly because they basically talk shit about each other. It could have been great. Well, I mean, there's no longevity in the relationship, really, if you're pretending that you're somebody else. No, but Rachel wanted to tell yeah. them up front. So Maybe I on mean... the wedding day. <laughs> Just come clean. By the way, my name is Rachel. Ursula stands Joy up on the birthday. And so Joy is really bummed. Phoebe then goes to talk with Ursula. The sisters face off. Mm-hmm. Ursula just basically fobs off Joy and is like, yeah, he's fine, but it's over. And then she re-gifts the gift that Joy gave her to Phoebe, which is all big, a big bummer. So then Phoebe pretends to be Ursula yes. to break up with Joy. We find Joy in Central Park being like... We talk about Ross being a sad sack, but Joey is the ultimate sad sack. He's no. he's plucking flower petals off of a flower in a sort of he loves me, loves me not kind of mm-hmm. way. Absolutely pathetic. Uh, but Phoebe pretends to be Ursula, tries to give him a nice breakup, tries to let him down gently. Uh, Joey plants a, a kiss on Phoebe and then... It's not just like a planting of a kiss. It's like a romantic A tender little kiss, yeah. No, but yeah. She, but she... Like, she almost tests him before that. She's like, as Ursula, she goes, well, if I said I would keep seeing you if you stopped seeing Phoebe, would you? And and he passes the test. He says, no, I wouldn't do that. Phoebe's my friend. So he kind of proves his loyalty, shows where his priorities lie. And then it's revealed at the end that, you know, Joey figures it out, bless him, that, that it's Phoebe and not Ursula. Uh, credit to Joey, because he's not the, the smartest bulb in the bulb box. It seems like it was based on a kiss or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know how he could tell. Well, he could just tell that it wasn't Ursula. He was like, that kiss wasn't like all the other kisses I've had with her, so it must be Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Not so much that he knows what Phoebe kisses like. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Ross and Chandler are playing a game of Scrabble, and Marcel chokes on a Scrabble piece, the letter K. Oh my gosh, it was very stressful. Ross rushes him to People Hospital. The receptionist at the hospital quite rightly says, get that filthy animal out of here. You're going to infect all these patients and cause so many deaths. Uh, but George Clooney is like, nah, it's cool. Whatever. Don't be so stuck up, nurse. I'll, I'll take care of him. And they like they, they admit him. They give him a bed. They like, remove all the letters from him. Yeah. It's I ridiculous. mean, I know he says, Ross says that the pet hospital is all the way in the other side of town. And it would just take a long time. And I understandably so, if he's choking... He could die. He could right. But I think I could give CPR to a monkey. But maybe they couldn't. And so nicely, mm. George Clooney's character is like, I'll do it. At the cost of dozens of lives from infection. You let, like, a filthy But he's animal. not filthy. He's domesticated. Obviously, he has his shots. Mm. He's like, Does he have his he shots? He wears a diaper. Like, mm. well, you'd think so if he was living amongst people. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, God. But anyway, yes, uh... Marcel is fine. He wakes up in the hospital and he kind of reaches out and grabs Ross's finger and they have that very tender moment. And and that just about wraps it up. That's about everything. Yeah. That kind of brings it all to to a head. We're getting closer and closer to the due date of the baby. Mm-hmm. Because we keep getting these very sweet moments mm-hmm. with Ross. Well, we're getting to the end of the season and I think the, the season is kind of gearing towards the birth of this child. So I think that's what we're going to see by the end of it all. Yeah. So, all in all, you know, the back-to-back episodes, quite interesting. You know, we had some arcs that kind of extended over the two episodes. We had, you know, Joey and Phoebe uh, dealing with Ursula, and then we had Ross with his father issues. But 
then we had kind of stories that were just existed in the first and last you know yeah. Chandler Chandler with his haughty at work was over and done with in the first episode and Rachel and Monica's stuff with the doctors didn't kick in until the second episode so just about enough there to to warrant the the two episodes the two-parter i suppose yeah yeah mm-hmm. you enjoy it yeah i did you, you you were saying that you liked it yeah i did like it yeah i almost wish that all of the episodes were that long really yeah not so much that they have to be in two parts but just that they were longer than like the 20 22 minutes whatever a typical episode is these days oh i like a good 22 minute episode do you yeah over and done with it's good it just seems so fast mm-hmm I True. kind of appreciate the ones that are a little longer. Yeah, we definitely noticed that um, in the last couple of episodes. We're over very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, because uh, we are going to draw a line under this uh, for for these two episodes, but our next episode from season one, episode 18, I believe, is called The One With All The Poker. The One With All The mm-hmm. Poker. Okay. Which is an episode I remember kind of enjoying. I kind of digged it. Yeah? Back in the day. Yeah. I think it's going it. to be a good one. Okay. Um, we're three episodes into our marathon tonight. I think we're going to push ourselves for one more episode with our drinking game and we'll see how we get on. Come on, buddy. It'll be fine. Fuck up. It'll be good fun. Woo! Yeah. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this double episode. I think we're probably going to aim to do double episodes whenever there's a two-parter. Uh, so you can look out for that. We are also still planning on doing a marathon week for the start of season two, when you can expect an episode every day of the week uh, at the start of, of season two. So look out for that as well. Thank you all very much for listening. You can give us a follow on Twitter at FriendsPod. And if you want to help support us, head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review there because that helps spread the word. Until next time, episode 18, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Elizabeth. Cheerio for now. Cheerio for now.